From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with a simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft. That greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. Hello to everyone tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Hi there, those of you streaming us on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Constitutional lawyer Rocco Galati stays with us this hour as we continue to discuss the lawsuit he's brought forward suing multiple levels of government for their response to the coronavirus lockdown. Uh, I, I... I'm not asking you, I, I guess, to, you know, to give away your entire strategy, obviously, but uh, I mean, what kinds of witnesses are you going to be calling once this 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 hearing begins? Well, I've got an endless line of expert witnesses that we we some of whom we cite in the statement of claim. You know, we cite over close to four dozen witnesses. I mean, I may not be able to procure them all, depending on their their availability, but we're gonna. We're going to be calling leading virologists, microbiologists, epidemiologists who say this is bunk, who say that the measures taken, Richard, are astronomically extreme and are causing 12 times more death than they claim they're trying to prevent. It just makes no sense. And when less than one quarter of 1% of your population you know, they've taken it. It used to be that the definition of a pandemic was when you lost about 7% of your population. Right. We're at one quarter of 1%, which is below a bad flu season, 82% of whom are people over 70. Right. Well, you mentioned the flu. It's interesting. We're not getting a lot of flu numbers right now. Are they? Oh, no. Hold on. Sit down and grab your armchair. According to Health Canada, for the first time in the history of this planet, we didn't have a flu. In other words, they're rolling the flu statistics into COVID statistics. Exactly. And uh, what are we hearing in the U.S.? What is the CDC reporting regarding flu uh, cases? Do we know? The same, because they've had, they had, they claim 200, what, 270,000 people have died. Every, they, they've also said that those are way overstated. In 2018, 182,000 people died from the flu in the States. 182,000, and nobody batted an eye. Now, I know in the States, the hospitals have been incentivized to over-report COVID uh, cases. because right. if they, in Canada, um, um, Yeah, how does that work in Canada? Because in, in the U.S., uh, um, someone who is hospitalized under, I guess, Medicare, the hospital receives something like $4,000. Right. If it's a COVID case, they get basically three times that. If they're placed on a ventilator, the hospital receives $32,000. That's right. That's right. How, would, how, does, how does it work in Canada in terms of the hospitals being incentivized to report COVID? Well, they get more money because they have to take all the special procedures to dispose of the body and everything, you know? So I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's the same here. But, you know, that's not, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the, um, sorry, that's not even the, uh, the major the major offensive thing about it. It's how they calculate. Uh, it's how they characterize a COVID death. You know, the fact of the matter is that every year, including my mother a few years ago, an obscene number of elderly die in long-term care facilities, not because of the flu, 
But the rat hole conditions in these places that are there mainly for profit. You had 200, 300 beds, no ventilation, right? Everything circulates like a sewer, all right? It's like being in a sewer. People die unnecessarily. And what has the government done year after year? Nothing. 55,000 beds in Canada in these long-term care facilities are owned by a federal pension plan. Wow, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. And so when they die, they don't have to pay out on their pension anymore, right? So, you know, Doug Ford talks about, oh, we've built one more facility. Yep, they frigging do. He's appointed Frank Morocco, Associate Chief Justice of the Ontario Superior Court, who I respect to the upteenth degree, to do yet another judicial inquiry. Well, what's Justice Morocco going to tell you that you don't know? You're running right. death chambers here. Right, right. We know that. Because uh, every year that many uh, elderly die in the long-term ter- care facilities. But with COVID, more of them died because they can't get out for a walk. They can't go to the garden. They're, they're prisoners in their own rooms. They're under house arrest in their own residence. It's obscene. It is absolutely obscene. The, the, the idea of someone in their 90s, uh, you know, not being able to see loved ones. There was uh, a case in the United States where this couple that have been married for 60 years, the husband is in long-term care, the wife is not, and they have not, they've been separated for a year. Right. Listen, um, Richard, they can't, yeah. when, when they visit, they can't do anything that's human. Listen, let me, let me just for one minute, dig, not digress, but get to the rub of this these lockdown measures. These lockdown measures have been designed to systematically, through fear and, 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 and torture-like techniques, strip us of all our human attributes. They started with isolation, then social distancing, then masking, then don't hug your children, don't kiss your children or grandchildren. Now you can't have sex. you got to masturbate. Are we serious? Right? And so, you know, as a constitutional lawyer, my job is no more complicated than defending our human attributes. When you talk about a Bill of Rights or a Charter of Rights, you're not talking about rights bestowed upon you by the state. Those codified rights are actually codified human attributes that are supposed to protect you against the state trying to remove, suppress, or abuse human attributes. So uh, the right to think, the right to believe, right? The right to express, the right to associate, the right to assemble, right? The right to be free from arbitrary detention and unlawful search and seizure and the right to be treated equally. Those are not rights. Those are human attributes that the Creator gave you. Even if you believe the Creator is no cosmically bigger than your own mother. The state didn't bestow those attributes on you. They can only remove them. Let's go to the phones, uh, Rocco. We have Bob joining us here in Toronto. Bob, welcome. Thanks, Richard. And Richard and Rocco, thank you very much for your courage. Two-part question. Rocco, who are the puppet masters? Could it be the Chinese Communist government? And Richard, for you, is this a spiritual battle? 
my client's view, and it's in our statement of claim, this is being orchestrated by the international billionaire and corporate oligarchs through the WHO. There's no question. The World Economic Forum, the Gavi, and don't take my word for it. Read the latest World Economic Forum publications. We cite many in the statement of claim. They, through two McGill professors, and I was a McGill graduate. I want to, I'm going to be sending my degree back. They published an article about six weeks ago on, quote, how to make the human body an efficient information platform. They have volunteers where they've injected microchips to integrate with technology. We're, talking, we're not talking futuristic Borg scenarios. We're talking about present Borg scenarios. If you, if you ever watched Star Trek The Next Generation, they want to interface the human body with robotic technology inserted into your body. And the microchip vaccine is the first step. And don't, the, don't take my word for it. This is what they're advocating. They're publishing. I'm reading what the horse is saying. And the patent on that, Rocco, 060606. That's what I've heard. Well, you know, they got to give it a number. But you know what I'm saying? And now the, the last publication from the World Economic Forum is, quote, eight predictions for 2030. Prediction number one, they got a 22-year-old kid smiling, says, you will never own property, but you'll be happy. That's the World Economic Forum. And we right. lay it all out in July because it's at least 10 years old. This has been scripted. It was all scripted through the Rockefeller Foundation report that was leaked in May of 2010. And audaciously, they're, they're, they're flouting they're, they're, they're touting it, they're flouting it, and then they're in your face with it. Nothing goes back to normal until we have a vaccine. If I have to hear that mantra again, I'm going to need a year's supply of gravel. Let me go to the YouTube chat. A question from D. Silver asks, what will be done with the DNA collected during COVID testing? What will be done with the DNA collected during COVID testing, Rocco? Do you know? Well, I have a, I have a suspicion, but, uh, well, it's going to be banked. It's going to be banked, and they have your DNA, and, you know, if they microchip you, which they're looking to do. Uh, Teresa Tan, 10 years ago, in a Canadian uh, film board documentary, was talking. She's on camera. We plead this. We transcribe what she says, that in such a pandemic like we're going through now, we're going to microchip and we're going to have bracelets, and anybody who hasn't had the required vaccine is going to be put in an internment camp until they agree to have their vaccine. We're not making this up. She says it on camera 10 years ago, and there she is, parachuted, from the WHO, she's still working and getting money from the WHO while she's our chief medical officer, right? Uh, uh, doing this. And, you know, one of the things that's not uh, off the table is a slow methodical culling of the population through uh, hidden sterilization agents in the vaccines, which they've done in Israel and the Israeli Supreme Court uh, came down hard on the Israeli government for literally wiping out the Falasha tribe that came in the 70s through vaccines. The Roma in Europe, uh, you know, the so-called, uh, you know, I don't like to use the term because I represented the Roma and set up the Roma Community Center, what people refer to ra uh, in a racist fashion as the gypsies, have been sterilized since Hitler through vaccines. So this is not futuristic stuff. It's happened. It's happening. And they're, pr they're proposing it. 
I, I neglected to mention uh, to answer Bob's question earlier of his two-parter uh, whether I think this is spiritual warfare. Absolutely, I do. Uh, this is a textbook case of spiritual warfare. I mean, we're always. Uh, battling against principalities, not against flesh and bone. Um, now, we have YY asking, is there a connection between the rollout of 5G technologies and the lockdowns? Yes, and we know what it is. Again, you know, Richard, I'm a lawyer. I, I rely on evidence, okay? Where I see 5G, where I see 5G being rolled out is from the representations of world leaders and and so we know from the dutch security minister two weeks ago she confirmed that 5g is going to be used for crowd control so if they had so uh, the way 5g can be is going to be used for crowd control is through the social apps on your cell phone and or the microchips in your body 5g can be turned up to send out a signal that actually will burn your skin so if you got a cell phone or you've been microchipped and you go out to a protest, they can zap you with 5G. 5G, more importantly, for the first time, gives governments the bandwidth capacity to survey and track every human being on the planet. Now, the inter- intermediary mechanism is the cell phone. I don't have a cell I have a I don't have any internet or data on any cell phone. I have a walkie-talkie to talk to my daughter. I've never owned a cell phone that can be tracked through internet or data. I saw this coming 18 years ago when I was doing intelligence cases, right? So the 5G is out there to survey you and in case you get into into uh, a protest to disperse crowd control. And they can survey you. If you don't isolate yourself, you can't go out because they'll track you down. All right. Let's uh, go to Skip checking in from Connecticut, a loyal listener. Skip, good morning. Uh, Welcome. How you doing, Rocco? Yeah, I understand your frustration and being upset. I mean, if you look at Bill Gates, his primary business for Bill Gates had been abortion and infanticide was really where his primary focus was, and sterilization through various means. For example, in India, he left 500,000 children sterilized. Now, what that does, uh, by paralyzing them, basically, by giving massive doses... Well, we we plead in the statement of claim the atrocities in India and Africa, and uh, by, by his vaccines... And now even the WHO has conceded several weeks ago that the only polio cases in Africa are from Bill Gates' vaccines. That's the World Health Organization itself admitted. We have not had a naturally occurring polio case since 1979. All polio cases since 1979 have been caused by the polio vaccine itself. Skip, thank you for the comment. So... What do we do at this point? You know, we can't advocate for unlawful activity here from the citizenry, but but how do we push back in order for them to get a clear message that, you know, enough is enough? Well, the way we do it is by by protest and legal action. I got to tell you, Richard, our legal action has already had an impact in Ontario. October 3rd, because we're bringing in a masking injunction, which we still will with respect to the schools. October 3rd, Doug Ford put in new province-wide regulations 
that have made basically masking voluntary. What the new regulations say, and it's regulation 364-20 under sections 2, sub 4, and 6, is that you can claim an exemption, not just on medical grounds, but on any ground protected by the Human Rights Code, which includes creed, belief. And once you invoke an exemption going into an establishment, under subsection 6 of section 2 of the regulation, no one is allowed to ask you any particulars, nor are you required to provide any evidence of your exemption. So virtually speaking, it is now a voluntary system in that in, whereby you invoke your exemption and that's the end of the story. So lawsuits, uh, protests, and simply asserting your rights. Now, there are a lot of people, the news hadn't spread that what the new law is, asserting your rights, ignoring. If a store owner says you can't come in, you go in. If you get ticketed, you fight it. The law's on your side. You're saying that mask wearing in Ontario is now voluntary? Effectively, if you invoke an exemption, because nobody's allowed to probe what your exemption is. So if you don't believe in masks, that's a matter of creed under the Human Rights Code, and it's protected as an exemption under Section 2, Sub 4, Sub K of the regulation, and under Section 2, Sub 6, when you invoke an exemption, no one is allowed to probe or request evidence to prove your exemption. So it's virtually voluntary. Has this been tested yet? No, but the Has new, there been a test case? If you go to any store now, the new city posters they put up say you have to mask unless you have an exemption, which includes under the Human Rights Code, and you do not have to provide evidence of that exemption. It's very clear. They're posting this now in all the stores. Interesting. These laws will not survive court scrutiny when it gets to court, Richard. They will not. They're obscene. They're overreach. They cause more damage than they protect anyone. How much longer do you think this lockdown can go on without doing irreparable harm to the, the economy in Ontario specifically, because that's where we're broadcasting from. I mean, or have we already reached that point? No, we we're long point of- past that point, Richard. Trudeau has spent almost two years' worth of a budget. He has spent over $500 billion. The annual budget runs between 260 and 280 every year. He has spent well over $500 billion. And it's funny that you mentioned when you interviewed me in 2011 on the Bank of Canada, and you recall back then saying, no, we can't use the Bank of Canada to just print money. Where do you think he got the $500 billion for his, for his fascist agenda? He printed Bank it for the Canada. Bank of Canada. There you go. We've got to take a time out, Rocco. Stay with us. Back with more in a moment. Don't go away. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Rocco Galati stays with us as we continue to discuss uh, his uh, civil action, his lawsuit against various levels of government here in Canada um, with regards to their response to the COVID-19 lockdown. And uh, we're going to go right to the phones. Joanne is in Toronto. Joanne, good morning. Hi, Richard. I'm wondering if you're familiar, Rocco, with Dr. Catherine Horton of Stop000.org, Stop007, it's about the chip. Are you familiar with that? No. Well, on her website, 
shop007.org, she can show you. And I went to Canadian Tire. I bought a $15 UV flashlight, and I flicked it in my eye. And if it flicks back lime green, you're chipped. Well, I went about the neighborhood checking people's eyes. They're all chipped that I've run into. So it's a great thing to do to find out what is going on. Are you chipped? 15 bucks a Canadian tire. Mm. What's the machine called, sorry? It's just a UV flashlight. Oh, it's just a UV flashlight. If you go onto that website, she'll show you the flashlight she bought in Germany or whatever. But uh, she'll show you a picture. It's lying green in your eye. Uh, she hasn't found anybody yet that isn't chipped. Right. I'm. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I deal with hard evidence, but it's always been a concern to me why this particular test requires a long swab right up the navel cavity, really deep. I mean, never have they tested this way. I mean, usually a, a spit or any other uh, fluid will, will test for a virus, Richard. Why they interesting. Need to put yeah, that's four an interesting point. Right up the navel cavity, virtually close to the brain, for God's sakes. Why? A nano chip right now is the size of a a grain of crushed black pepper. If you've ever put pepper on your salad, you know the one of those little specks. That's what a nano chip looks like. That it's that size. You wouldn't. You would hardly even see it. How long before you see governments in Canada trying to impose some sort of a COVID passport? Well, they've, uh, already, they've already done it. That's three months old. We predicted that in our statement of claim. Canada signed on to the original 14 country for a COVID passport back in July. We've already signed on to that, Richard. So once a vaccine is introduced, you won't be able to do what without a vaccine passport? You're not going to be able to renew your driver's license, hop a plane. Maybe they might try to pull the same BS, not going to any stores and buy food. They will track the masking laws unless there's enough pushback. So you can't do anything just like the masking laws if you don't have that COVID passport. This is sounding like end of days kind of stuff, Rocco. Oh, it's past end of days. People say, oh, this is like 1984. I say, no, 1984 was a novel. This is real. It's way past 1984. So there's a lot riding on this case, to say the least. Well, there's not a, just a lot riding on the case. There's a lot riding on people standing up and saying, go pound sand. You can't have my human attributes. You cannot dehumanize me. You can't have my constitutional rights. They belong to me. Stand up. You know, civil disobedience too, Richard, has a long and dignified history in our tradition, right? It started with David Thoreau, who said, I will not pay my poll tax because of the way Native American Indians and black slaves are being treated, right? And then it was adopted by Muhammad Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. in their struggles, right? There's right. nothing wrong with civil disobedience, standing on your rights, getting ticketed, getting charged, and fighting it in court so that you can indicate to the government you do not have the constitutional right to do what you're doing. What you're doing is illegal. It's extreme, it's obscene, and it's illegal and unconstitutional. Because the alternative is what you're seeing in Europe. Italy is ablaze. Italy, Prague, Ireland, you're having riots now. 
A question from chat. I think you've sort of answered it, but there may be some other things you can add. What can the average Canadian do to, to contribute to this fight, Rocco's cause? Okay, well, so you've mentioned they, they civil can, disobedience. You know, phone, write their MPs, protest. Whatever you can and feel comfortable with. Everybody has a different comfort zone. And if you if you want to stay isolated but don't agree with these measures, write the Constitutional Rights Center a check so we can continue with our work in the courts. I mean, I'm going to be that crass in my pitch, Richard. Do what you can and do what you must. ConstitutionalRightsCenter.ca. ConstitutionalRightsCenter.ca. Yeah, they can, uh, they can donate to, with credit card or they, the, the address is on the website. They can send the check or donate by credit card. Uh, you know, the government banks on nobody suing Richard because it takes a hell of a lot to mount a lawsuit. And this is why you don't see lawyers lining up to take this on. In fact, this our lawsuit to, uh, with my clients is the only lawsuit in the world that actually attacks the measures at its base, not the, not, not the technical procedures of who put in the measures, whether it's the legislature or the executive, but saying these measures are constitutionally flagrant. There is no basis for them, and they got to go. This is the only legal action of its kind in the world? substantively challenging all the measures. There's a, there is a lawsuit by Oklahoma doctors in Oklahoma against masking. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association did an unsuccessful lawsuit because in Newfoundland, the residents not being able to fly in during the COVID, but nobody has said the lockdowns, the emergency is without legal basis. The, the parliaments have been shut down the measures have no scientific or medical basis, and therefore they're irrational and unjustified and extreme, and they, and they substantively breach these charter rights, and they, the measures have to go. They've got to go back to the drawing board. This is not constitutionally tenable. All other constitutional challenges have been strictly on the basis that the executive, the governors, the ministers can't bring in these, these uh, measures it should be the legislature. Well, that doesn't cure the problem if the legislature passes the measures. How confident are you that the Superior Court of Ontario is actually going to give this a fair hearing? Uh, as confident as I am about winning in the casino. But I've won a lot in the casino. <laughs> you know, all if right. you look at the history of my cases, Richard, you know, they all start off by government lawyers screaming that they're frivolous and vexatious. And in fairness to the government lawyers, in 37% of the cases, they may be right. Because I, I, I lose 37% of my cases, not because they're frivolous, but, uh, you know, for different reasons. You know, even the best baseball team can't win every single game. But I, I win, I win 63% of my cases, and all my cases are out there. They're unlikely to ever win, so they say, because... In most of my cases, Richard, nobody actually is looking at the evidence in the law. They just engage in the cafe culture of making a decision in the ignorant, vast space of their own vacant mind. You know, Aristotle said it, don't judge the messenger, judge the message. And with me, they're always judging the messenger. Despite my huge win ratio, they always try to portray me as a clown. And that's because of racism. I'm a short, little Italian, you know, in their mind, whop. 
and they just try to make me look like a clown. But they can't. They they can't. As one federal court judge once said in a case I was arguing on terrorism, in response to a crown attorney saying, "Oh, Mr. Galati's this and he's that and he's that," and the judge turned on and said, "Hang on a second. If he's all of that, why does he win so many cases in this court?" <laughs> and the judge said, the most "Deal with Sorry. his argument." Don't give me a rundown on your assessment of his personality. Is this the most important case of your life, Rocco? Well, it's, yeah, it, it, by default, yeah. I mean, I can't think of a bigger case, right? This is not national. It's not provincial. It's not sectorial. This is a worldwide, you know. Have you ever seen world leaders line up in agreement on an agenda, Richard? Not like this. No, no. And so why do they criticize my clients and call them conspiracy theorists when this is something that's never happened? And, you know, I just want to remind your, your audience that the notion of a conspiracy theory was invented by the CIA to deflect questions about the JFK assassination and to undermine Martin Luther King's civil rights movement. I am not a conspiracy theorist and my clients are not conspiracy theorists. What I am is a very astute, capable, competent conspiracy analyst. Well, conspiracy is also a legal term, right? I mean, oh, yeah. there are conspiracies. I, you know, I used to work in the Department of Justice. We prosecute drug conspiracies all the time. All a conspiracy is, Richard, is two or more people agreeing to affect the same end. And if that Agreement is criminal. It's a criminal conspiracy, which is a felony in the States and an indictable offense in Canada, punishable by 14 years. If that conspiracy is civil and it damages somebody, you can be sued. Conspiracy is a tort. Exactly. So I'm not All right, offended by when they say, oh, you're alleging a conspiracy. And in certain cases, I say, I certainly am, and here's the evidence. Exactly. We've got to take a time out, Rocco. Back with more on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. All right, let's go right back to the phones. Uh, we have Tony in Oakville on the line. Tony, go ahead. You're on the line with Rocco Galati. Yes, I'm referring to uh, Rocco Galati's success in the courts. And uh, he was recently involved with the uh, Coma lawsuit, which was to redefine the law with respect to banks. I think specifically Section 165, brackets 3. Bank of Canada Act, yes, we've yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, uh, that the banks can uh, literally uh, write checks and put them against people and collect. That case was dismissed. The judges just said, uh, we, this is a political issue. And they said, for the good of the people. So they kind of put it in that way. Is that something that could happen in this case? Anything can happen. In the, that case had two rounds. On the in initial round, the government tried to dismiss it. It was not dismissed. By the time it got back on the second round, it, it, unfortunately for us, or fortunately, it got so much publicity and people were in tune that, that the courts realized how big the issue was, and we got the, and the Supreme Court of Canada to shut the door in our face wouldn't allow the case to go forward. So, can this can this case can this case 
uh, have the same fate. I have my doubts because in this case, people are actually suffering, Tony. People are dying. Okay, the Bank of Canada, they said it was a political issue. It had to do with nothing but money. It was a serious issue. But here, people are, are dying from the measures themselves, and we can prove that. So one way or the other, the court has to deal with the issues. Thank you for the call. How will this trial be conducted? Is this trial by jury or a panel of judges? How will it work? Well, it would be judge alone because it's for declaratory relief. And, uh, you know, what, after whatever happens, we go to the Court of Appeal. From there, if we go to the Supreme Court of Canada. All right. Back to the YouTube chat. Art by Sid asks, Ontario Municipal Act Regulation 586-06 has specific exclusions of private property. Does this mean that municipalities have no power or authority on private property? Well, in the Section 8, you can't enter a private property without a search warrant. There's only one exception to that. Hot pursuit is what they call hot pursuit. If you're chasing a bank robber who, who, or a murderer uh, or somebody who shot somebody and, you, and you're the police chasing him and they, they run through a property, the police can run after him in hot pursuit. But in, uh, in other circumstances, you need a judicial warrant. In Australia, of course, they've empowered the police to go into private citizens' homes. Uh, we're seeing this happening in, in New York City as well. Yeah, Australia doesn't have a Bill of Rights, Richard. That's why they're testing all these lead balloons over there, right? And they're doing it to see how the citizens react. Uh, Australia doesn't have an entrenched Supreme Bill of Rights like we do in the States or Canada. Darkness No More asks, I heard they're trying to pass a bill that will essentially throw out all lawsuits relating to COVID-19. Was this done because of your action? Partly, but it's, people are misreading that act. Bill 218 does not throw out lawsuits at large. What it does is in the event that somebody goes into a store and the store is not completely ensuring that everybody's masked, let's say, and somebody gets sick and decides to sue the store owner, what Bill 218 says is if they made their best efforts, they can't be sued. All right. So It doesn't kill our action or it doesn't kill an action which I'm having templates mounted on my website to say that if somebody doesn't respect your exemption, you can sue them. So give us a status report again. This statement of claim was filed back in July. Right. They're going to answer soon. We're bringing an injunction against the schools in a separate lawsuit against the school principals, superintendents, and school boards across Ontario because they've decided to not follow the Ontario binding regulation and make up their own law. So we're going to be suing school principals, superintendents, and the school boards as well. When you say they're making up their own law, what do you mean specifically? Well, they're ignoring the fact that you have an exemption there. The, the, the law, the ministerial guidelines said that junior kindergarten to grade three don't have to mask at all. A lot of the schools are forcing them to mask. Uh, the, the, the law says you can invoke an exemption and they're not allowed to ask you why. School principals are demanding medical notes, and then they decide whether or not the medical notes are legitimate. Completely renegade criminal acts. We're going to move to also have them charged under the Provincial Offenses Act. They're ignoring the law. See, people, Richard, when they want to make, when they don't like the law, they pick and choose. And these little tin pot dictators think they have all the power in the world, right? So they say, well. You're invoking an exemption because you want to try to get around the law. No, the exemption is part of the law, moron.
The and again, is the law, and if you breach it, you're chargeable just as well as if you refuse uh, to follow the first part of the law for no good reason. And so these principals the, and superintendents and school boards are simply enacting their own law, contrary to the provincial law on masking. This separate action is uh, who is the plaintiff? Well, we've got about a hundred parents who are signing up on who are signing on board very soon. This will also be filed with the Superior uh, Court of Ontario? Yeah, but we're going to bring a very quick injunction to say, listen, you you simply cannot ignore the provincial law. And All right. we're also suing for damages. What are the damages, can you say? Well, we're going to sue for well, We'll have to pick a number. Uh, you know, Richard, there are documented cases now in Ontario where teenagers have committed suicide over the masking laws. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Kids are committing suicide. Unbelievable. All right, let's uh, take one final time out and uh, last call to the phones for Rocco Galati. Stay with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Just a, a quick programming note coming up uh, next week on The Conspiracy Show. Charlie Robinson, the co-author of The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, uh, he'll be with me for the full two hours. The following week, Rex, Beer, uh, Rex Bear from uh, The Leak Project. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Rex's work on YouTube. He's got a huge following. That's Rex Bear, The Leak Project, uh, for the full two hours on uh uh, in two weeks, and uh, we're going to try and put together kind of a simulcast on my program and his program at the same time. The uh, the following week after that, Whitley Strieber. Whitley Strieber will be with me. Uh, so there's a look ahead for the next three weeks on The Conspiracy Show. Always uh, check in with strangeplanet.ca. That's the website, and uh, that's how you can keep track of everything. Uh, let's say hi to Melanie. I believe Melanie's here in Toronto. Melanie, good morning. You're on the line with Rocco Galati. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, I, I wish I had got the beginning of it, but I'll, I'm sure I can hear it again. Uh, what I wanted to know is, it seems so hard. We're supposed to have the courts are supposed to be the people's court, belonging to the citizens of this country. Yet when you try to get transcripts, or for example, I wanted them from my my own trial um, involving a police officer, I had to sign a document that stated that if I reveal any of the information on the PDF file, I believe. I had to sign a twenty-five. I would be fined twenty-five thousand dollars, and I could even go to prison. Now, how these, how can our judicial system, you know, say to us that you know everything is open and everything they want everything to be truthful, and yet they put such constraints on evidence, and especially if there's corruption, let's say in our government, our institutions, or in policing, especially that you know there was a, a, a state of proceedings due to police corruption. How how easy will it be for us to get information that that's uh, given in court by yourself? Well, uh, you know, that case must have been subject to a publication ban. I've always advocated the presence of cameras and live broadcast of court proceedings. Uh, I've never been one for publication bans, for in-camera hearings. I, I've resisted that my entire legal career. Jeremy Bentham uh, said it best when he said that the only thing that keeps judges honest is publicity. All right, Melanie, thank you for that. Uh, let's see, I 
Well, I think we've uh, answered this one already, but I'll get you to reiterate it because this is important. Uh, you were referring to the voluntary aspect of the uh, of the mask regulations now in Ontario. Sigma six on the YouTube chat asks, can we be legally exempt from wearing masks simply by expressing verbally that we are exempt or do we need written notice? Again, you, I think you've answered that, but let's just reiterate. Right. Regulations are very clear that if you meet one of the exemptions, and they're very broad, because if you, if you need reasonable accommodation under any basis on the Human Rights Code, you're exempt, that once you articulate that you're exempt, they, you do not, you're not required to provide any evidence of your exemption. All right. Now I'm anticipating that mo- most shop owners won't be aware of that. There may be even some uh, police officers that aren't aware of that, and you may be ticketed or even, you know, forcibly removed. Um, right. And that's why next week uh, the first of my templates are the center's templates are going up. We have a template statement a claim to sue store owners and police or bylaw officers and the Human Rights Commission if you make a complaint to the Human Rights Commission. If that happens, and the templates will just require you to fill in the blanks as to who you are, the store, and if you and the municipality where the police removed you, and then you make a human rights complaint, and if they do nothing included in that statement of claim is the Human Rights uh, Commission, there'll be a very small nominal donation fee for that template, you take that to small claims court and sue them all for $35,000. All right. And again, it's constitutionalrightscenter.ca. Right. And again, center is the Canadian spelling, C-E-N-T-R-E. Right. Constitutionalrightscenter.ca. Right. Uh, D. Silver asks, when and how will this end? <laughs> That's a $60, $60 million question. It all depends on how much pushback the governments get from the population. If they don't get enough pushback, you're going to be living in a science fiction, futuristic, global dictatorship run by the billionaire and corporate oligarchs of the world. And that includes the Chinese, Russian, Indian, European, and North American oligarchs. You can count them, you know. Uh, the list that's been made that's at the high end shows you that about 700 people rule this world if we let them. We've had weekly uh, protests now in, in Toronto uh, every weekend. Right. Uh, how was it? Uh, have, you been, have you been attending those regularly? How have they been going? I, 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 made, I made a 30-minute speech on October 17th there were at least 4,000 at the beginning of the rally. By the end of the rally, there were close to 9,000. Of course, CBC reported it several hundred. I was there. I can count a crowd. They've been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and where are they held? Dundas Square and Queen's Park. Every Saturday? Um, virtually every Saturday, yeah. And uh, how, how, how have the police reacted? Have they... Uh, have they... I've only been to one of them, that one, and uh, the police are very cool about them. I, I, uh, I, I make a note that I, I spotted nine uniformed officers standing shoulder to shoulder practically 
on the Eaton Center side of Young Street across from the square, and only one of them was wearing a mask. Interesting. Yeah. The um, in Ontario, the I, I mentioned Belinda Carahalios, uh, now in, sitting in as an independent member of uh, Queens Park from Cambridge. Randy Hillier also an independent. Uh, Belinda Carahalios has announced the formation of a new party in Ontario called new, the new the new Blue Party of Ontario. How important a, a step do you think that is? Well, I think it's an important and admirable step in terms of uh, signifying. I mean, she took a principled position in voting against the COVID measures. Uh, I mean, to, but to be brutally honest, I don't think slicing a part of the blue cake will do it. I think any new political party that comes up has to be a party that totally rejects the corrupt matrix of our political system. Well, my my understanding is that that will be part of their platform is uh, anti-corruption. It's not just a a conservative party. It will be uh, fighting corruption and also the, uh, the lockdown. Right, and that and that I think is very valuable. So if they're fighting the lockdown, then people should join them. You know, again, uh, you've been monitoring the uh, the government procurement sites. Uh, just re- let's just go because this was back in the first hour. We talked about this for people who who are just joining us late. What have you found on the uh, the buy and sell dot gc dot ca website with regards to? Uh, quarantine camps, uh, oh. uh, anti-riot yeah. uh, agents, and so forth. Well, we've we, we found massive procurement of uh, riot tear gas. We found uh, procurement of internment facilities. Uh, we found uh, hiring for 2025 of riot control officers, and we found for 2030 uh, they want to hire drone neighborhood surveillance monitoring officers. Have any of these points been, were they mentioned in your statement of claim? No, because when we filed it was July, but we're putting them into the affidavit on the injunction. I'm filing an updated affidavit updating what's happened since July to the present. All right, Rocco, I can't thank you enough for uh, spending the last two hours with us. This has been a real eye-opener. I wish you nothing but uh, Godspeed with this case, and let's stay in touch and let me know any new developments, and we'll get you back on the program. Right. Thank you very much, Richard, and it's uh, hard to believe nine years fly that fast. I can't believe it either. And again, it's constitutionalrightscenter.ca. That's correct. And, uh, very much. All right. Thank you, Rocco. All right, uh, my thanks to Carlos Gagini and also Ryan White for uh, technical production, live stream production, back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light and what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Good night.